This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper and the Bust. Thanks. Hello and welcome to episode 586 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It's Friday, August 10th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined by landscaper Kyle Gibson. Kyle, you're in my office somehow landscaping. What's going on, you piece of garbage? Well, I'm also joined by Justin May. <laughs> I've figured this out, Justin. I've, I'm on to you, sir. <laughs> Let me set the scene for y'all. Go ahead and say hello first. Oh, hey, hey. Okay, hey, now everybody. shut up. Let me set the scene for y'all, okay? Justin has a family, okay? He works overnights. I, I want to be the flexible guy here. I'm just chilling by myself. I, I want to work the schedule around him. I'm not like Mr. Magnanimous or whatever. Obviously, if it was terrible for me, I'd, I'd probably say, let's try something else. But he just sets the time. He's like, okay, 10.30 on Friday. I'm like, it's really interesting that it's always 10.30, and Kyle's always here right when the podcast starts. Okay, cool, no problem. Get a little text this morning. Hey, bud, running late. A few minutes, no problem. Sweet. Your boy got to bed a little bit late. Could use a few extra minutes on the snooze. How did he not show up at 1030? Mm, it's 11. And he just started the second that I said, are you ready? Mm, is it possible that Justin is texting Kyle the whole time, ladies and gentlemen? I think I've cracked the case. It's not. It's not just possible. It is. It is completely probable that I am uh, just sabotaging our own podcast. Yes. Uh, you know, it's 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 what I'm here for. I, I'm not here to give good fantasy advice. I'm here to just add a little bit of levity uh, and anger you. It's working. How? How are they? Here? And you know. Some of you are probably saying, well, then just don't do it at 1030 on Friday. We've done it at different times yeah. all year, guys. Yeah. Uh, 2.30 on a Thursday, he's here. How? We've, yeah, we've How? done it on Tuesdays. We've done it. Yeah, it just He really is angry at you for the way you have treated him this season. I mean, Man. I'm sure if Chris Archer had <laughs> uh, you know, some landscaping equipment. Cole Calhoun would... over at your place coming. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Cole live. will because – we we know there is a landscaper. He does look a little bit like Cole Calhoun. He, <laughs> he apparently plays pretty good defense. I've heard. So uh, and he's raking lately somehow. We still don't know how, but uh, he's out of his mind lately. So all right, well we're going to talk some news. Uh, there's been some big news uh, with injuries, and then a little trade, and then a super a fallen superstar uh, kind of kind of switching 
I say it's not that fantasy relevant, but I want to see if you think maybe his new role could bring some fantasy relevance. And then our little topic of the day is the sneaky top tens. And so what I did was go to the ESPN Player Rater, which is a, a a fine kind of you know quick measure of of performance, right? They they have their little calculation there. It's not perfect. Uh, or anything like that, but I, I like to look at it for shorthand. I look at that versus the auction, cal- auction calculator versus other things, and I like to kind of get um, an idea of, of the landscape. So I look for somebody surprising in the top 10 at each position. For outfielder, we do two. One of them's a surprising in the top 20. There were actually no real surprises in the top 10 of pitching, which is in itself kind of a surprise. Uh, you look at this, the starters, and none of them are like, Holy cow. So I actually did top 20, top 30 for that, and then two top 20 relievers because, again, in the top 10, there weren't that many shocks. Josh Hader, I guess, um, could have qualified, but we knew he was a really good reliever. And and so, again, I just went with top 20s. But we'll get into that in a moment. All right, so let's start with some news. And it uh, looks like Lance McCullers is actually going to be out for a month, and that's going to end the streak of, of their top five starters getting all the starts this year. Berlander, Keiko, Cole, Morton, McCullers. They had been getting all five of them, uh, or, or all five of them had been starting all year, which is pretty impressive. Uh, you don't see that a lot these days. So they're going to have to make a move. And Colin McHugh and Brad Peacock are sitting there in their bullpen. One of them could get stretched out and jump right in, or they could look to the minors. Now, Forrest Whitley, their top prospect, it might not be him because he's actually been dealing with some injuries. Um, and he was suspended, so his season, you know, got off to a to a late start. It's just kind of a little disjointed season for him. Josh James is an interesting name. I wrote him up recently. And I was looking at some minor league arms who could get a call who haven't been in the majors yet this year. And Josh James stood out. He's having a fantastic season, so he could get a call. But with McCullers out a month, um, how's the situation look to you? Are you cutting McCullers in some leagues? Maybe if you already have your two DL spots filled. I know that's kind of a standard two DL spots. Uh, and then who do, who do you like to fill in? Um, I mean, I'm hoping to try to hold McCullers because I, I just, I've been a huge McCullers fan for a long time. But I, I've been telling people who've asked me that I don't have a problem with dropping him if you have a roster crunch. A month is a long time uh, mm-hmm. to go at this point in the season. So, you know, we're talking, you know, and as much as we'd love to say that he's going to be back in a month, who knows? We, you know, who has? Yeah, no yeah, idea. I mean, it, we could we could end up seeing him getting shut down until like the last week, and they bring him back uh, to have a start or two before the playoffs. So uh, this is a team that is you know going to be in the playoffs. They they're not really caring that much about the the regular season as long as they win the division over the just screaming hot Oakland A's. I mean, Oof, Jesus. so good. Oh so God. good. I'm loving it. It's, it's so fun. It's insane. I mean, they're, the Houston is 73 and 43, and they only have a four and a half game lead over the A's. And like that's, Isn't that's that ridiculous. wild? Um, so, but as long as they maintain that lead, I don't think there's any reason for them to rush back McCullers. So I don't have a problem necessarily dropping him. I don't know what they're going to do. I, I almost wonder if they're going to, I don't know, kind of pair up McHugh and Peacock and Right, you know, they could uh, do something like that. That's that'd why be not pretty just let them each go three innings, uh, you know, because both of them have been going one or two innings virtually all season. So I don't know if there's enough both time. Been, they've been for, fantastic. Yeah, so but I don't know if there's enough time for them to stretch them out without risking, uh, you know, hurting them. So that's the worry I was thinking too, because yeah, they like 
they don't really have much much time to to do that stretch out. When it when the injury initially hit, they were saying, oh, you know, we don't know how long it's going to be, and they might not even miss him long enough to need a fifth starter. Right? It was a situation where, based on the schedule, he could have been back in time, McCullers, um, to jump right back in, and they would have never needed a fifth starter. Like this week with their day off, they're not using a fifth starter, and I think even next week afforded them that same opportunity. But now that it's going to be a month, they they aren't going to have to make a move. So, you know, it's tough to say who to speculate on because I agree, as, as appealing as McCullers and Peacock would be either as a starter, um, it's it's hard to see either being stretched out in time. Now, they could just stretch out on the fly. Like you're saying, kind of, uh, you know, they say, okay, well, it's McHugh. And he goes four innings the first game, Peacock goes two, and that's a regular start. And, and they're right where they need to be through six innings or something like that, or even the three and three that you're talking about. So it could be that, uh, or like I said, it could be a Josh James or somebody else that gets called up. So I don't have a great, I, honestly, I don't have a great recommendation of what to do. I, I think I would, uh, I don't, I think I would go for McHugh personally, maybe take a shot on, on McHugh. Um, if you're actually somebody who is a little bit more, uh, Fab poor, I might games just because I don't know that he'll cost much. So it, it's it's wide open though. I wish I had more insight. I just don't know what the avenue that they're going to go. I think I mean unless I'm in a league that is, you know, one of those kind of points leagues that you you know you get the extra points for you know a lot of extra points for wins or something like that. I, I'm probably mm-hmm. staying away because it's going to be hard to get quality starts from either guy if either sure. is starting. Um, it's going to be hard for them to qualify for wins if they're the ones that are starting because they're not going to go five innings. Um, but one of them, whoever isn't start- technically, quote-unquote, starting the game, who isn't the opener, uh, would be in line for some sneaky kind of cheap wins. So like maybe sure. like a points league or something like that where you could steal some of those. Uh, I'd grab... I think Peacock would be the guy who in the come middle. in second. Yeah, so... Uh, that would be sneaky, especially in starts, caps, head-to-head leagues, because then it doesn't count as a start, and you're getting the raise type of Yanni Chirinos, Ryan Yarbrough sort mm-hmm. of deal, exactly. and that could be interesting. So I, I do agree with that. Uh, keep an eye on the situation, and once there's more clarity, maybe there's clarity by Sunday anyway, and it's and it's more, um, you know, uh, we, we know exactly to bid on in the Houston rotation. Well, yeah, there. I mean, it, it sounds like the what their next open start is Tuesday, so. Hopefully we'll have a little bit more information before Fab runs. Perfect. Um, all right. Unfortunately, this one is uh, another at least a month, and it's Kenley Jansen going to be out with an irregular heartbeat. Now, this is something he's dealt with in the past, and uh, I believe there was even a surgery for it. Hang on. Let me pull that up. Yes, he had surgery back in October of 2012 for this. So this is a situation that is kind of known, and and they have a plan for it. It's being called, uh, quote-unquote, very manageable by the article um, from Ken Rosenthal at The Athletic. So that's positive. You know, anytime you see anything like this with the, with the heart, very scary. But Jansen's going to miss a month. Let's hope that uh, at least a month, of course. Let's hope that he gets right. I doubt they're going to name a, a set guy as far as a, a, a closer. In fact, that's, that's the way it's looking. Um, Scott Alexander got the save last night. And Dave Roberts might just kind of play the matchup. Scott Alexander's a lefty. I don't know what the situation was last night with matchups, but I doubt that they're going to just land on one guy. What are you doing with uh, with the Jansen situation right now? I'm crying because right. 
in my NL only league, I had a good, nice little lead or a little lead in saves and had uh, Rossi Iglesias and Kenley Jansen. And so I traded Iglesias thinking he might get moved to the deadline anyways and yeah. be a closer and kept Jansen. And now I have no, no closers. So this is, I, uh, feel, I feel you. I, is... I just, I just traded for him and uh, you know, Listen, I want him to get right. That the fact that uh, it's hurting our teams, we're not trying to say like that's not the important part. It's just a bummer. It's just, you know, it's just a bummer that uh, that he's not right. You have to think that the Dodgers are going to make a move somehow. I mean, we saw yes. Fernando Rodney just get traded, so uh, hope you know. We're assuming that there are going to be other players out on the the market, you know, past the uh, you know uh, the the waiver trade deadline. Mm-hmm. So you wonder if that is the answer, or if they move a guy like Walker Bueller into the bullpen. That's what I was thinking right yeah. when I saw it. Yeah, uh, why? I mean, why wouldn't you? you? The guy is coming up against innings limit. He has a previous TJ on his belt. He's young. You wanna you want him pitching, but you I don't know that you can afford to keep him in the rotation and risk mm-hmm. his long term health. So. And I believe what uh, Hyunjin Ryu is working his way back, and so is uh, Julio uh, Urias. So, um, and then Alex Wood should be off the D, uh, the DL here shortly as well. So, they're going to have a crunch in the rotation anyway. So, why not move Walker Bueller into the bullpen, and maybe he would be kind of a cheap guy for saves. Um, I think Scott Alexander's first man up, but I worry about him being a lefty and their other two lefties kind of being at the front end of their bullpen for sure. And With not Caleb having Ferguson. a back end lefty to replace Alexander. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, I think it could be like a matchup situation too. And Josh we could Fields see some... when he comes back or a Pedro Baez or ugh. JT Chargois has been really interesting out of their bullpen this year. So I don't know that you're going to land on somebody that's, that's the set guy. Uh, you might just want to kind of dabble in there if you're trying to steal a few saves or if it's not a situation where you need saves necessarily and you weren't uh, impacted by this, then you can kind of pass probably because it might be more of a headache than it's worth. It, it's a headache uh, worth right. taking though, because the Dodgers are so good. They're going to, they're going to win a lot of games down the stretch here. And um, no I th- doubt, I think even, even if you're not like saves, uh, saves needy, just, Go put some money on Alexander and Baez and hope that one of them is given the role. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if we see something on Bueller, then definitely, obviously, jump on that, assuming he uh, he wouldn't really be available in any league, to yeah, be honest. So that, that'd be a windfall for somebody else. Uh, all right. This is why we are so pessimistic on timetables. Uh, just another example. Aaron Judge, unsure when he'll swing a bat. When it happened, it's three weeks. Back in three weeks. And, and people like they say these these definitive uh, timelines like it's just it is. And the funny th- well, not funny, but like the thing about that was the three weeks was when he would swing a bat anyway. That was it was never even when he was going to come back. That was when he was going to swing. And now he don't even know when he's going to re- resume swinging. These timelines are guesses because his wrist is still fractured and it wasn't supposed to be, obviously. And that's why he was going to be able to swing. So they don't know with Aaron Judge right now. Um, you know, they've gone seven and six without him. What? I, there's nothing. There's nothing actionable here. It's more of an update. But this is uh, this is exactly why uh, we're generally pessimistic on timetables, right? 
Yeah, and this is another one that hurts me. I, I think I talked about it on here. I, I got a lot of heat for a trade that people felt I got too much back for when I traded away Edwin Diaz and Corey Dickerson for Aaron Judge. When he was hurt? No, no. <laughs> when he was healthy. Oh. And then like a week later, he gets hurt. So that that worked out really well for me once again. Uh, this is another situation like McCullers. It's the the Yankees are in the they're going to be in the playoffs. They're seventy two yeah. and forty two, even though they're eight games back. Which again, that's insane that that Boston is eighty one and thirty five right now. But uh, even though they're eight games back, they're they're a mortal lock for the wild card uh, at this point. So uh, there's no reason for them to rush him back. They need to make sure he's completely healthy for the playoffs. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't expect him to be actually on the field earlier than like the last week of September. Yeah, it's not great. So if you were counting on Aaron Judge. I, I know some people were buying low for their playoff run. In fact, I even saw one in my head-to-head league uh, for Chris Archer. You know, I, I remember when the trade first came over, I kind of forgot about Aaron Judge's injury. I was like, wait, what's going on here? But then, obviously, I realized, you know, that guy's taking the risk of uh, of Judge's injury, and now we're seeing that that risk is not going to pay off necessarily. So you just got to sit tight with it, but that's that's where we're at with Aaron Judge. Uh, Fernando Rodney was traded to Oakland to strengthen their bullpen, another nice little small move that the uh, that the A's are making. They're 68 and 47, playing arguably the best baseball over the last, uh, you know, whatever – month plus period of time they've been absolutely fantastic even longer really meanwhile rodney energizer bunny man just keeps going 309 era 140 whip you know the walks are still there hits uh, 8.7 uh homer per, one homer per nine he's allowed five this year but he's not going to close for them you know he's going to be in the middle and so he's just going to need to be there for another reinforcement i love the moves that they're making the familiar move was excellent um, I thought Mike Fires was a solid pickup for them in their in their rotation. Went out, had a really uh, great game for them to open five and a third, eight strikeouts, one run, and now they uh, now they bullpen even more with Fernando Rodney, who is perfectly solid. Now there goes the saves there for for Rodney. What do you think about the Minnesota situation more than Rodney going there? Because I don't think there's really anything. In fact, he loses fantasy value going to Oakland, right? Yeah, for sure, and. Oh man, I this is feels like a crapshoot. It should be Addison Reed. I mean, they paid him the money. Um, you'd think he'd get a shot. You would think that he'd be the first. And bad though, he's been really bad. But I mean, so is Hildenberger as of yes, late. So it's exactly, like if if Hildenberger had been lights out like he had been for the first few months of the season, I'd be like, okay, he's gonna grab this job and run with it. But now. I you know is it Taylor Rogers? But I think that's a similar I got situation. I got it. Is it. I know who I'm putting my my money on. Who? Trevor May. Oh my God! I hope so. I was he's a huge back. Trevor May guy. Me too. Me too. Three and two thirds so far. He's he's back uh, from his TJ. Three and two thirds. Seven strikeouts. No walks. One run. Five hits in his four appearances. Um, he's looking good. He uh, second last one. Uh, the most out he came in. Then went from he finished all the fifth and then went out into the sixth, so he's been kind of all around as far as um, his four appearances. But I think he's a guy that could. And that's where I'm putting my money right now. I think everyone will go to Reed. I understand that, but I'm going to try to jump in on the on the cheap there and go with uh, and, and and go with Trevor May. 
Yeah, I'm. I think I might be with you on this. All right. Well, that's where we're putting our money in the in the Twins bullpen. You know, it's not going to be some game changing bullpen. They're not going to win a ton of games. We understand that, but I do think that there's uh, there's some vi- viability there, and you're going to want to. Uh, Take a look at maybe maybe May could be the the sneak sneak prize. I there. think for me May is the is the long term prize. So like if I'm in a keeper dynasty league, May is the guy I'm putting money on. If I'm mm-hmm. just in a roto league, I'm pro, or, you know or a, a, a rest of season league, a redraft, I'm probably staying out of this situation because I don't think that they're going to win a ton of games anyways down the stretch. Um, even though they play in just a god awful division, I mean, we were just talking about god awful. We were just talking about how great the AL West is and the AL East is, and then the the Central is where where all the bottom feeder teams are. So you know, maybe they can exactly. win some games because they're going to have a lot of games against Kansas City, Chicago, and Detroit. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like uh, this situation is seems like it might be messy, and it, I. Uh, like I said before, they have to give Reed the the first crack at it. I agree. I agree. Um, I, I I really think he'll get the first crack at it, but I'm still putting my money on Trevor May, hundred percent. Uh, all right, Felix Hernandez is going to the bullpen. Can he find a second act here? No. Just flat out like that, y'all. Felix is done. Justin's not buying it. And I feel bad because I, you know, I mean, I think the game is better when Felix is good. Um, And I think he has been one of the positive, great faces of the game for for a long time. But Mm -hmm. um, you remember when he, he signed that big contract and then they had to readjust things because they found something? Like you, you kind of have to wonder: Was this, you know, part of what they found? Was, yeah, you know, was there enough damage in there? Because he has not been good at all for two straight seasons, and he's been <laughs> it's been in rough. A steady decline since 2015. Exactly, and you know, it's really been that the fastball just isn't there at all. Not just velocity, but no performance either. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it's got you know, a negative 20 P-Val. Negative 20. That's exactly it. And it mitigates the change-ups effectiveness as well. I mean, it's just – he's not even like a fifth starter type. 573 ERA, 144 whip, way too many homers. It's rough for Felix. I think that the only way something – he'd have to find a different A pitch, whether it's a cutter or, or I don't know, a sinker that he could – just start throwing the curveball 40% of the time. Right, just go curve change. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, we'll see if he can find a, a couple ticks in the bullpen. Obviously, that's something that happens often. But even if he I does, like, he's, like, he's going to be at, like, 91, 92. Like, I mean, his average fastball velocity is 90 miles an hour right now. Like, it's, like, even if his stuff plays up, it's not going to play up enough for him to, like, be a closer, so... Like in terms of fantasy, I think this yeah, is I don't it think for him. And well, he would never take Diaz's spot anyway. So yeah, I mean, at this point, you you can't really have him on a roster. There's really no reason to. He probably wasn't anyway. He's was maybe being spot started or whatever. But that's Felix Hernandez. Uh, we'll see if it changes and and we start to see a little bit of a rebirth yeah, in the bullpen. We'll address it. But paying him twenty seven million next year is that good? It's good that's for good, right? it's good for. King Felix, he gets to be king at home because he's making twenty-seven million out of the probably middle relief role in the bullpen. 
Yikes. Yeah, so that that that's where we're at with Felix. Um, all right, let's talk about some surprises. And I just want to get some thoughts on these sneaky top tens. These are guys uh, in the top ten at their position. We're doing for uh, the position players in the outfield, or excuse me, in the pitching realm, it's top 20 because the top tens weren't very surprising. And I just want to get your thoughts on them. So let's start with catcher and go around the diamond. In the top 10 this year for catcher, which probably speaks more to catcher than it does to this guy, no offense, but Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who is actually one of their backup catchers. And, uh, you know, Util- played a little Util- bit. infielder. Yeah, he's really a utility guy with catcher, though. The three spots that he's been playing predominantly are third, second, and catcher and a couple games at shortstop. He does have four homers, seven stolen bases on 12 attempts. Jeez, you're not very good. But if you – hey, we'll take the seven. If you're not in a net steals league, you're all good there. Yeah, seven from your catcher too? I mean, like, that's that's money. And he's at 277. So uh, that's good enough to slot him. I think actually ninth, too. I don't even think he's tenth himself. Uh, Eighth. He's eighth ahead of Sal Perez, Robinson Trinos, um, Francisco Cervelli beasting this year on his big power breakout. And I'm sure the steals are, are doing a lot of the work here. But a good run runs total and a good average total for a catcher. What do you think of Isaiah Kiner-Falefa? Is he a all-formats sort of C2 at this point? I mean, maybe has been for a while now, to be honest. I, I think he is, which is kind of insane because I, I don't know that I'd ever heard his name before the start of this season. No, everyone's been calling him Falafel all year. Come which on. Which is amazing. Uh, it's like he's got an 80-grade name, and I don't even try to pronounce it because <laughs> it's just it's just going to be ugly. But uh, since the All-Star break, he's hitting 419, 432, 651. Um, then, as like your second catcher, like how could you not just be totally stoked right now? He's He doesn't walk, or at least he's not walking right now. Um but like he's only striking out thirteen point six percent of the time in the second half. Uh, now, I mean, this is buoyed by you know just an obscene BABIP of four fifty seven BABIP, and sure. Uh, but I mean, in short samples, and the rest of the season is a short sample. Guys can get hot and stay hot, and exactly giving him playing time, whether it be at third base or catcher, right now. So, uh, I, I'm not going to say he's a catcher one rest of the way, but he's easily a catcher too. Yeah, and a, and a darn good one. So that's Isaiah Kiner-Falefa from Texas. You can bounce him around, but you should have him. If he has catcher eligibility, you got to have him there. Um, first base, despite how first base has been this year, and it's definitely been a down season at the position, there weren't uh, guys that were really in the top 10 that, that super surprised me. One who is I wanted to use for a different position. He would have been the choice. So I ended up settling on Ian Desmond, if only because he still gets crapped on a lot. And listen, I get it. It's been a wonky profile, but you cannot deny the, the 19 and 12 homer stolen bases um, that, that he's put up this year. That It, it does kind of help outrun the, the triple slash of 236, 310, 439 for Ian Desmond. I know he's got like a 99% ground ball rate or something. Like It's crazy. It's seriously in the 60s. It's been, a, again, it's been a really bizarre season. I grant that. But it's also been a good season to the point where even at first base, which is down, but uh, still is first base, he's been seventh thanks to those uh, counting categories. So Ian Desmond, uh, he's been he's been doing his thing, and and he's a top ten guy here. So what do you think of uh, Desmond? He started off just truly atrociously, but yes. since June first, two seventy five, three sixty seven, four ninety, ten home runs, six stolen bases. Uh, 
you know, I mean, this is the guy we were kind of hoping for when he uh, when he came to Colorado, and I know mm-hmm. it's been up and down with the average, but this is one of those guys, you know, that I love because you punt batting average and you hope that you get the higher end of it, especially, you know, being in Colorado and getting kind of the boost by the home park uh, because you know he's going to hit for power and then he's going to steal bases. It may be kind of an ugly way of getting there, but at the end of the day, all the numbers look fantastic at, at, at the end of the season. I mean, this is a guy who's probably going to, be like 25, 15, uh, if not greater than that in the stolen base department by the end of the season. And uh, you, you know, you, 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 you average sucked early on, but if you plan for that, then uh, you've got to be pretty happy. And um, yep. I'm, you know, I, I love Ian Desmond. I think he's one Me of too. those guys that people crap on, but you know what you're getting into when you put this guy on your roster. Yeah, and and he's it's the weirdest thing about the sixty three percent ground ball rate the last two years is that it hasn't really translated into batting average. Like especially this year, he's got two seventy eight Babbitt, which is weird in a two thirty six average. But uh, like you said, since June first, he's really been solid. Now he's back on a, a colder a cold streak uh, this month in nine games, one seventy nine with no real counting categories to speak of. But uh, I still like Ian Desmond, so he's our guy at first base, ranking seventh so far this year. Over at second base, we have a guy who I had to give some love to because I love <laughs> making fun of him. And and when he's performing, I got to give Jose Peraza some love. 281, six homers, 18 steals, 60 runs, 39 ribbies. He's part of that really solid Cincinnati offense there. And, uh, you know, he's contributing to it. So the batting average, you know, speeds the, the calling card and definitely coming to fruition this year in a big way with the 18 steals, but the fact that he's hitting 281 as well, he's already got six homers, which is a career high uh, in, let's see, that would be about 40 fewer at bat, or excuse me, 30 fewer plate appearances than he had all of last year. And he's already eclipsed uh, his home run mark. Not that it was some lofty bar, but uh, the 60 runs and even the 39 ribbies for him, all career highs here. So it's a big career year for Jose Peraza at age 24. Is he somebody that you're interested in, in the long term? Um, as a second base shortstop eligible guy? Mm, I mean, I think here's the problem. At some point he's going to find himself without a position to play, I think in the organization. So mm-hmm. uh, the, the Reds have made it pretty clear. They want to sign or re-sign Scooter uh, Jeanette. Uh, so good. It, it, and that's the reason they didn't trade him at the deadline is they're trying to work something out long-term before he hits free agency. Uh, so that clogs up second base. Um, they Nick Senzel, Eugenio Suarez. Suarez. Uh, that clogs up three positions, and then, of course, obviously, Vado at first. So that clogs up three positions in that infield long term. Uh, now, Suarez probably can't play shortstop long term, so maybe that's the, uh, the, that's the ticket, but I know they've tried Senzel out. At yeah, short, I thought um, he might get it. Senzel, I don't know that Senzel can play short long term. Yeah, I, I don't either. Like Peraza's played some outfield. In fact, by the way, I said second base, uh, shortstop. He has the second base eligibility from last year, but it's been shortstop only this year. So that's always going to be going into next year, barring something crazy. He has dabbled in the outfield a little bit, and maybe that's uh, a, a final spot for Peraza. But Even you know, I've been a big supporter of. 
Peraza this year because of his price coming into the season, I think now's the time to sell. And it's yeah. not like you're selling because I don't think he can't do this again. I think he can. I just don't know that his playing time is guaranteed long term unless they move someone, and I just don't know who they're going to move. Yeah, I, I like the the heavy contact and speed approach, and that's that's driving the 281. But I don't know. I, I don't I, I, respect for what he's done. Still not somebody that I'm looking to roster. Jose Peraza on the Reds having a good season though for sure. Uh, third base. This is the this is the guy at first base I would have normally used, but uh, third base also didn't have a lot of candidates either, so it really worked to use Desmond at first and then Jerickson Profar at third base, and uh, he's the ninth guy. He's got uh, the quadruple eligibility, first, third, short, outfield. So he's all over the place, having a really solid season here. Uh, 255 average, 13 homers, nine steals. The steals have been really uh, helping. You know, Nine's not crazy, but that's kind of the steals environment that we're in where nine is actually pretty impactful. And then 61 runs, 62 ribbies. It's it's finally happening a little bit, right? Because the 24, 25-year-old Profar was a mega prospect long for quite a while. Injuries really ravaged him, and it was really starting to look like even at age 25, how excited can we be? And now we're seeing a season of, of viability. It's still 255, 340, 458. Nothing that's knocking your socks off. But how do you feel about Jerickson Profar? I'll feel better if Adrian Beltre retires at the end of the season and he yeah. has a full-time place to play long-term. They'll find a spot, though. They, they're having a hard time finding a bunch of guys' spots. So uh, in, without full-time playing time, he doesn't have a ton of value. I mean, he, he's a guy, one of those guys that he's going to kind of chip in everywhere. But if he's only getting, you know, 400 plate appearances a season, 450, 500, like how, like what's the upside? And I think there are people who are really going to go back to the well on him. I'm, I'm in some like dynasty uh, chats and stuff like that on Facebook and I see people just kind of like, okay, here he's coming. We're finally getting it. He's going to turn into a monster. And like I saw, like I don't think there's necessarily going to be a huge discount coming in next year, uh, which is something I would prefer. Sure. Especially given the health history. So, I mean, we've got to remember that he struggled. He's been injured a lot. And I don't know. I don't think I'm as stoked as other people. Yeah, we'll, we'll see on Jerickson Profar. He's been really strong over his last 30 games as well. 300, 386, 518 with five homers, four steals. Uh, that's in 127 plate appearances. So he's playing really well. He's got a lot of eligibility. Now going into next year, uh, he'll have the shortstop and third base. Uh, I don't know that he'll have first base, and he won't have second base unless he plays another 11 games there. So that's Jerickson Profar. He's been impressive. But uh, I understand being a little bit tempered on it. Uh, let's go over to shortstop. Now, this guy, you know, early in the year, you could have seen that this would have been exciting, but I feel like he's kind of plateaued. I haven't really seen much out of Tim Anderson, so I was surprised that he was still in the top 10. Now, he's ninth, and uh, so you look at the top eight, and there's no surprises there, so we had to dip down to the nine range, and, and 10 is Barraza, by the way. Uh, but Tim Anderson out for the White Sox is hitting 240, 15 homers, 22 steals, 57 runs, 47 ribbies. It's that it's that power speed combo uh, that's really carrying him. He was 17-15 last year, 15-22 already this year. So it's it's kind of outrunning that batting average, similar to what Desmond's doing. So what do you think about Tim Anderson at shortstop? 
I'm a little bit concerned of what he's doing recently. Do you know how many stolen bases he's had in the second half? Two. One. He's had two the, two home runs, one stolen bases, hitting two thirteen. Um, so I, I mean, I'm not necessarily saying like that's who he is or anything like that, sure. but I'm a little concerned that all of a sudden he's really just stopped doing anything, and that maybe this has been buoyed by. I mean, he had a huge start to the season, no uh, doubt. And so, like I said. Tim Anderson was one of the hot tickets yeah. uh, to begin the season for sure. Between May and April, he had hit 11 home runs and stolen 12 bases. So wow. you know, he, he did a lot of that damage in the first two months. Um, and it's been much quieter here, uh, you know, since the end of May. I'm so I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit tempered. I think some people are just going to look at the overall stat line coming into next season and go, Oh, this is this is who he is, and I just don't know that I'm ready to to quite say that. Uh, I I wish like, it's it's hard because like I I keep saying I wish he'd walk more, but he is walking more. He's walking five and a half percent, which is almost well, yeah. Over double honestly, <laughs> I'm fine fast. with a five five and a half percent walk rate. I wish he would strike out less, really. Like I, I'm not too worried about walks. I, I'm not going to try to make somebody be something that they're not, and and he's not going to be some big walk guy. But then you got to strike out less, put the ball in play, and get some more infield hits, dude. You cannot a 288 OBP is so gross, and so that's where I'm concerned with Tim Anderson. But he is 25. We'll see if there could be some development. It's a solid season. I'm going to be eager to see where he goes next year, though. I could see, uh, similar to what you're saying about Profile, where you're worried that the hype could could push up. I could totally see that with Tim Anderson. So we'll see how he finishes. Um, I like the power speed skills there, but I need a little bit more in the slash line to feel comfortable with him. Let's jump into the outfield and talk about Whit Merrifield. He's our, he's our top uh, 10 guy, and then we have one for the top 20 because there wasn't really many other surprises. Whit Merrifield was the only real uh holy cow top 10 and maybe he's not even a holy cow guy i think more it's because it's on kc and because he got off to a pretty bland start where people were like ah see i knew whitmerfield wasn't good and then he's been really solid since he's in 300 with seven homers 25 steals 54 runs 37 ribbies uh that's whitmerfield with second and outfield eligibility uh you know with some of the depth in the middle infield positions that outfield eligibility might actually be better for merrifield this year uh, after the big season last year, w- were you buying in on Merrifield at all? I was kind of just playing it draft by draft for the most part. There were some drafts where I felt he was going way too high and some drafts where I felt like he was a decent uh, buy and a decent option because people didn't believe. So um, I-, I wasn't hot or cold. I kind of rode the fence a little bit on Merrifield. Sure. I wish I had gotten more shares because he has been great this year um, and if you look at his numbers since uh, J- uh, July 1st, he's hit 326, 380, 473 with three home runs and nine stolen bases. Uh, we knew the power would tick back down a little bit. So I think if you expected to get another 19 home runs uh, from him, you were fooling yourself a little bit. But otherwise, he's been great. And, you know, yeah. he's one of the few guys who's providing speed and average at the same time. Uh, and he's getting on base at a 367 clip. You, you have to love what Merrifield does. Yeah, I actually, um, I remember when I wrote up a piece on second base, kind of dissecting the position a little bit. I did a little bit of a deep dive on Whit Merrifield and kind of turned myself around on him because I was kind of staying away almost 
uh, aggressively, like running away from him. Then I did a deeper dive and I was like, oh, you know, there's a lot to like here, even accounting for the fact that I didn't believe that the power was necessarily going to hold up at 19 homers. But at the same time, too, that wasn't outlandish. It was a 9% homer to fly ball rate with the bouncy ball. If he kept the fly ball lean, could have seen it. I knew it would tick back, though, somewhat, like you said, and it has the seven homers. But give me that speed and average all day long. Whit Merrifield's been really nice scoop. Uh, if you paid full freight for him, you are not feeling bad at all. One of the things uh, that he's done this year is he's not trying to hit the ball out of the yard. He's really bumped up his, uh, his line drive percentage because he's actually hitting the ball harder than he was last year. Um, oh, wow. And so, but he's not, he's not, he's not hitting as many fly balls. He's his, like I said, his line drive percentage is spraying uh, again he, very well. Yeah. is gone up over eight or about 8% um, this year. It's, he's really utilizing his tool set, which is what I think we want to see in fantasy. I know a lot of times people are like, well, why can't he just hit for power? Why can't he just steal bases? I, I want players that are going to, you know, figure out what makes them the best player and do that like don't like don't try to be someone you're not greg bird um <laughs> just a random name out for Get someone it. i don't like <laughs> Get it, greg bird stop uh, it you know but whit merrifield goes you know my, my my biggest strength is getting the ball in play and mm-hmm. using my legs to make something happen and that's what he's doing yeah, yeah no i i totally agree there and i like what whit merrifield's doing you know it's usually the Cardinals of those two Midwest teams that find these these uh, already formed mid-20s guys. But it looks like the, the Royals have uh, happened upon one because Whit Merrifield's 29. They probably should have traded him. They should maybe look to trade him in the offseason, though, and see if they can get a return. Because I'm just not sure that having a guy like that is necessary for their rebuild. But, uh, well, especially because re- that rebuild is going to take forever. Exactly. So that's Whit Merrifield in the top 10. I also wanted to throw in an extra one and, and look top 20 because this guy's been surprising me. And it, I'm sure that it's, uh, it's, it is steel driven, but it, I also used it as an opportunity to point out that this guy has seven steals this month, this month. And that's Malik Smith hitting 299 with his lone homer, who's the clown who gave that up, 42 runs, 26 ribbies, and 25 steals. And like I said, seven this month. Two on the first, three in a row on the third, fourth, and fifth, and then two again on the eighth. He's been on one playing time, is in hand for him, especially with the unfortunate injury to Tommy Pham. Is Malik Smith somebody that you're, uh, that you're buying into as a, as a gem for the rest of the year? Uh, trivia question. I will give you 20 bucks if you can name the pitcher off the top of your head that gave up the home run. He is a pitcher we have mentioned in this podcast already. Oh, my God. Fernando Rodney. Mm, no, Brad Peacock. Oh, damn, Peacock. I would have never guessed him. I, I, would, that's, I, why, that's why I offered the money. I don't, I don't, I don't have 20 bucks to spend. I don't have 20. Get out of here with 20 bucks. But, uh, yeah, so Malik Smith – you guys already know I don't love these rabbit types, but credit where it's due. He's, he's having a really strong season. He's got even a – I do uh, love these rabbit types, and I love them when you get them super late. And so like that's well, – that's, He's cheap. Yeah. That, that's fair. He's a little bit different. I don't pay for the Billy Hamiltons and Dee Gordons because of how expensive they are because of the Malik Smiths. That's actually a better – you're right. You're right. That's and a point to make. he's 300. I mean, dude, well, yep. 299. He's, hit, he's 299, 373, 414. Uh, a ton of stolen bases on a team letting him letting him play and letting him steal. I, I worry what the long term 
uh, situation is going to be like for him coming into but, next season if Austin Meadows is up? Doesn't matter. Even as a fourth outfielder type, he can be the Rajay Davis. And that was my next guy. point is like he can – he can be a strong side platoon. He can come off the bench. He can he can be the yeah, the Raji Davis, the Gerard Dyson, yep. um, guy who steals thirty a year. Even though you have no idea coming into the season what his playing type situation is going to be. Totally agree. So that's Malik Smith. Uh, yeah, I, I've you got me changing my tune on that because when I say the Rabbits, I really do mean the overly expensive ones and the Malik Smiths and even Jose Peraza coming into this year are the reason that I shouldn't be buying them instead of just. You know, moving away from that speed component altogether. I'm, I'm right, sorry. Get... Before you move on, like I'm on, yes. uh, I'm on Tampa Bay's roster research page, and it just still cracks me up. Like they're they're starting rotation. The starters. It's yeah. asterisk bullpen game. Tyler Glass <laughs> asterisk bullpen game. Asterisk bullpen game. Blake Snell, like awesome. Like, <laughs> oh my god, it's it. Hey, it's so funny. By the way, uh, we'll talk about Glass now another time. I need. I still need more, y'all. I'm not. I'm not changing my tune. You're off not of ready to apologize to that guy on Twitter who's been harassing no, I'm you. Not, you're not getting your apology. <laughs> I will die on this hill. No, I need to see more. Listen, if he turns it around and he does really become some, something special and starts to meet his uh, draft, uh, his prospect hype, I'll be front and center. I got no problem saying, yeah, no, "Hey, I was wrong." But uh, I will too- say uh, of. Of of the one thing we do well in this podcast is apologize. We 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 will own our losses. We may not you know uh, get everything right, but we are not going to be one of those podcasts that say says that we are always right. We'll own our losses if if we're wrong yeah. on class. Now we'll we'll come up and uh, you know I've taken my lumps on you know Cole Calhoun and J D Martinez and well. And we were 100% right on Matt Carpenter, which is cool. Like we yeah we nailed that. We yeah. told people to just stick. Get all the shares when he's hurt. Like, there's nothing wrong. Cut anybody for him because he's going to go off. I mean, we nailed that. So we will talk about our wins. But I'm just kidding. We were devastatingly wrong on Matt Carpenter. And listen, the one thing I always say, listen, I always apologize for the losses. But I'm right there with y'all. I follow the like, – I don't give advice and then turn around, ooh, let me go trade for Matt Carpenter. I was running away too. So at least you can know that my teams are failing along with yours when we get a miss. But my teams aren't. I, I, I just disseminate really bad information to people to and help then I yourself. take advantage yes. of them. No, it's genius. You've yeah. told me to do that and I, I'm Zero I'm shares of honorable in this year. Yeah, right. Every <laughs> share. All right, let's talk some pitching. Uh, and again, we had to jump outside the top 10 because there just weren't any, any real surprises there in the top 10. So I got a top 20 and a top 30 uh, for the starters and then two top 20 relievers to get some quick thoughts. Honestly, we're only going to do one because the second one was Colin McHugh and we already kind of talked about him. So that's kind of off to the side. So we got two starters and a reliever. The top 20 starter is Sean Manaya. Now, I understand he had a no hitter and he was like the flavor of the month back in May. But that's why I'm surprised because he hasn't been that great and he's still a top 20 guy. And so, you know, credit to him, despite a a 6.2 strikeouts per nine, he's got 99 Ks and 144 innings, 350 ERA though, 105 whip. That's doing a lot of the heavy lifting for Sean Manaya because he has not been giving up hits uh, or walks this year. He's been really tough to get on base against. So that's, that's carrying the load. But he's been great. 19th starter this year. Uh, hats off to him. 
it, I, I was I was shocked. I, maybe you guys aren't as shocked as I am, but I was shocked. I would not have thought that he was going to – I would have thought top 30, and I know we're not making that. You know, you thought he was 10 spots lower. I just didn't think he was going to be top 10 still because of the just kind of blandness since that big run in May. Uh, excuse me, but it was April. Yeah, uh, it, it was early it was on in the season. But yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. – it was super impressive. I, I mean I remember watching it. It was you know only two walks given up. It was against Boston – um so that was the most impressive part was that it was against boston but since then for me the most impressive part was he then went out and threw seven shutout innings against uh or actually he he gave up an unearned run at houston right after like yeah he he backed it up he wasn't one of those guys that like threw this no hitter and then he was never heard from again uh yeah has three bad starts and then like mm -hmm. you know fumbles the rest of the season no he's he bounced back Right away, five days later, in Houston was strong. So that capped off his amazing April with a 103 ERA. But since then, it's 18 starts, 100 inning, 100 and a third innings with a uh, 457 ERA and 124 whip. So that's where my surprise comes from. April's carrying that much water for this top 20 season so far. Not How do you feel about Pernia going forward? He is a 5.5K per nine since yeah, then. Yeah, it's, it's so bad. I mean, there's several ones and twos again looking just since uh april since may 1st one two three four five six seven starts of uh one or two k's and not many of those like not all of those are shortened outings either those aren't just the whoopings those are five six seven innings one k six innings one k it's wild because that's again. That's why I'm so shocked that Sean Mania is top twenty. I like Sean Mania. I was excited about him coming into the year, but I'm I'm actually a little bit irked by this. If it if that makes any sense, despite the fact that he's panned out, I don't know how much to believe in it. How do you feel about Sean Mania the rest of the way and going forward into nineteen? I'm very concerned by the lack of strikeouts. Uh, I just I I mean I. Oh God, I, I know he's a, a lefty, and so he can he can live off of uh, the velocity that he shows. Uh, but I just I I want to see more growth from a guy that is 26 years old in in the strikeout department. I don't want to see him take steps back. For a guy who's getting more swings outside of the zone, his swing strike rate is down. His mm-hmm. contact rates are all up this year. He's giving up more contact. It's not necessarily. A great defense behind him, though Matt Chapman, like, is just elite defensively. So, oh, he's so he's oh so great. I, I wonder how much of his excellent defense has been has been because of uh, because of Chapman, right? Yeah. Like, how much is Chapman like really stepping up for him? Yeah, I, I almost wonder if they could move Chapman to shortstop and <laughs> get Mark Simeon just out let there. him be the shortstop. Although Simeon, I think, has improved his defense. From, it used to be painfully awful. I'm pretty and sure I, he leads the league in errors this year. Well, then scratch my stupid I, I could be wrong because I was having this argument with an A's fan. and he's like, Marcus Simeon is, the, is, is like the greatest shortstop ever. And I mean, no oh. one was higher on Marcus Simeon coming into the fantasy season than I was. But at the he's end of the positive value. At, does he? I mean, that's what I'm seeing here. He could have the error. Like, you're right. He has 18 errors, but errors are not always the mark of poor oh, defense. Devers has 20 errors. Wow. Because, you, yeah, you know, he's been a butcher. No, he's been a butcher. And uh, But I'm seeing, 
yeah, I'm seeing a 5.8 uh, value on on defense. So for Simeon, so I don't I know. Never like, tr- listen, I never trust defensive metrics, but I, I'm always sketchy on them for sure. But Manaya, the rest of the way obviously is an auto start. You can't really. I don't think you can afford to be choosy. That's part of it too, as the pitching landscape sucks. Yeah, I, I think so, there, there, there's very few. And I just traded for him in a dynasty league. Um, I, you know, I think the 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 owner was a little just getting a little bit tired of kind of the ups and downs. There's still a ton of talent in this arm, and I love the fact that uh, he has really limited the walks this year. He's cut his walk rate uh, in almost in half. Uh, yeah, it's been fantastic season. for Manaya. Um, and so, yeah, the strikeouts have downticked, but he's a guy that you can pair with like a Ottavino or a high strikeout reliever, and and you're getting an elite pitcher between the two of them. So, well, and plus he's he's 17th in innings too. So if he if he does mm-hmm. make all of his turns, you start to recoup some of the strikeouts just by sheer volume of innings, similar to what Adam Wainwright used to do. Now, Adam Wainwright was going like 220 innings to make up for it. That's not going to happen with Manaya, but if he is in, say, the top 15 of innings, that will help soften that blow. So we do like him going forward. I was a little bit surprised that he was still top 20, but hats off to Sean Manaya. Let's talk about the guy in the top 30. Maybe perhaps even a bigger surprise just because of his home park way, and way because bigger. and because if I said, hey, there's a guy from this team in the top 30, is he your fourth guest, Kyle Freeland? If I just said that to you blindly at the beginning of the year, you'd have said John Gray first, 100%. Mm-hmm. Were you a Tyler Anderson or Herman Marquez guy? I think you would have said uh, one of those yeah, two. Yeah, no, I was definitely a Marquez guy. Uh, I so still, then Marquez I still next. Like Marquez. Uh, oh yeah, me too. But then Anderson was probably third still, or maybe you'd have said, "Hey, Chad Bettis is going to." Was Freeland go even something. in the rotation to start the season? I want to say he was in the minor leagues. Let me, let me no, see. No, I guess he wasn't because he didn't pitch in the minor leagues according to the. Yeah, no, site, April third. So. He was in. He was in from the jump, uh, but he got off to a rocky. Uh, no pun intended there that was stupid that was uh, great despite despite his, three of his first four starts on the road he had a 585 ERA he was he was getting knocked around a little bit and one of them was at San Diego another one was at Pittsburgh it's like dang you can't get a better setup and what are you doing but then pretty much starting with a San Diego home start where he threw seven scoreless Kyle Freeland's been a boss just from that point on uh, arbitrary endpoints, of course. Uh, 119, 119 innings of a 257 ERA, and plenty of great home work there. That Padre start I was talking about, six and a third scoreless against Milwaukee. Solid passable start, three runs, five and a third against uh, San Francisco. The only time he's really been pushed around wasn't even that bad. It's when Arizona got to him for four runs in six innings at home, and he still had eight punch-outs to kind of soften that blow. So he hasn't been beaten up at home. Oh, they got him a little bit again. As, oh, no, that was at Arizona. Anyway, Kyle Freeland, what are we doing here? Is this something – I mean, former number one pick, eighth overall. There's there's you know prospect hype here. He was solid last year in a rookie year, 410 ERA in 156 innings. Is Kyle Freeland – you know, a mixed league guy that we need to be mindful of going forward. I think he is. Now, that being said, I don't think he is going to continue doing what he's done this year. But I think last year is a really nice barometer of what we could see from Freeland rest the way and then going into next year, which is a four ERA guy, seven strikeouts per nine or so, uh, that is going to win some games because the Rockies' offense is pretty nice behind him. So yeah. 
I think he is probably underrated still in fantasy right now, in spite of the fact that he's just been filthy. Um, Coors is going to catch up with you at times, and they're going to be sure. those blow-up games, and he just hasn't had many of those as of yet. Uh, but I, I think that I think we're overrating Coors on some of these pitchers. I mean, John Gray has just been amazing since coming back. Well, from they've the really developed something here. Mm-hmm. They've got guys who you don't have to be a thousand percent afraid of just because of course now an 82 percent left on base rate needs to be mentioned with freeland sure. that's obviously going to be one of the best marks of the season and, not just and a babip that isn't commiserate with uh playing in course exactly a 273 you just don't usually see that so that's why he's at this high level but i like what you say look back at last year and you kind of see what you can get now if he is more last year uh, for the rest of this season and going forward, he becomes really a 15-team mixed only. Right now, he's kind of everywhere. I can understand if you're using him in a 10-teamer right now. Like He's got a 304 area and a 124 whip. you got to be using him. Um, but I, I do think right now we'll say we'll kind of put the two in between. So look at his bottom line stats uh, for, his, for his 295 major league innings. And Kyle Freeman has a 360 ERA, 137 whip with a 17% strikeout rate. So if you just kind of work with something in that, that's 15-team viable. And that's actually really solid for the middle of your NL-only rotation. So hats off to Kyle Freeland. I think Gray's still the number one guy there that we would want fantasy-wise going forward. But between Freeland... Anderson and Marquez, who's your number two that you want going forward? Wait, meaning wait, meaning 19. Uh, Gray's, we're going to put Gray as the number one still that we would want, the number one asset. Oh, okay, so who's, who, who's number two after Gray? Who would be number two that you would want to chase for 19 and beyond? I mean, it's it, it's going to be price dependent. It, it's between I think Freeland they'll all three be kind of similar, right? I, I, I don't know that Freeland, Anderson, or Marquez would really separate themselves price-wise because – I don't know. I, th- has- I think people are going to look at Freeland's numbers this year and and put him uh, well above. Oh, if they put him well above, then I'm taking Marquez for sure. At equal price, it's a little bit more of a coin flip. But I liked Marquez last year. Really was excited about and, him coming and in. Marquez's surface numbers don't look great, but then if you look at like his home road splits... Yes, they've been sharp, and you can use them on the road exclusively, and you're getting a 309 ERA and a 105 whip in 67 innings. And last year, you found some success at home. So if you can bring that success into the fray with what he's doing, that'd be really nice because he has a 6 ERA at home right now. That's the scary part, 642 even. So uh, he's taking all the beatings that freely, you know, the regression monster goes around in Coors. All, he lives at Coors. That's just where he lives. And so he comes out regularly, and uh, he he keeps missing. It's a conspiracy like how Kyle's always here to weed whack. Yeah, uh, I heard the, sirens in the background at your place. Did you call the cops on Kyle Gibson? I did. I did. I had to. I had to. Yeah, and fair. I, I, mean, I think he's going to flip on you. That's the thing. I think you should be worried right now. Oh, I'm rewatching he's, The Wire right now, so like... I need to watch The Wire. I've seen like Wait, wait, you've ha- never watched The Wire? Moving on. I can't Well, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Right this now. is like I mean I I know you, know, you don't you know watch what, a lot of TV. You know the saddest part? You want to know the saddest part? I own it. I have the whole set. Oh my god. You You're need so to bad at me. You I'm rewatching it for like the third time right now and it's I know. Uh, I know. You need my to just Paul, sit down and His favorite it's not uh, even that long of a series. Like, it's only four seasons. 
I, I, I know I'm a bad, bad person. I cannot help it. But you know what I want to do instead? Do, do you ever watch Move the on end to relief of turn? Lou Trevino <laughs> is in the top 20. Another Oakland A, by the way. We're learning why they're such a good team. Manaya's having a good year, uh, and and Lou Trevino's been a godsend in their bullpen. And the, I love that they didn't just rest on finding a gem in Trevino and trying and panning out to what was expected, or, or higher even, let's be honest. But um, they've said, no, we need to reinforce this. They went and got Familia. I loved, loved, loved that move. And then we talked about Rodney. But Trevino's been the, the, the hidden gem. 26-year-old with a 129 ERA. He only has four saves, and yet he's still – let me see where he ranked. Um, he's, he's 13th. And if you take out Stripling because he's a, a starter, but he does have RP eligibility, of course, he moves up a spot. So then you're looking at 12th. Uh, it's just been really impressive what Luke Trevino is doing, and he's got the stuff to back it up. Oh, I don't think I finished his numbers. 129 ERA, 0.98 whip, 29% strikeout rate. He does walk 11%, but when you only allow 5.1 hits, a 165 average against, you can afford to walk a few guys. 98-mile-per-hour fastball, 92-mile-per-hour cutter, and then he drops in a 80-mile-per-hour uh, changeup, or excuse me, a curve here and there. But he's really that fastball-cutter combo which is interesting. You don't usually see just two fastballs doing the work, but that's basically what Lou Trevino does, and he's been fantastic. What do you think of guys like this? You know, the Batances, Miller, Hayter, they've all been given that, you know, the hype for that fireman role of a guy that you can use, but there are more and more of them these days, and Trevino's one of them. Do you, do you like Lou Trevino as somebody that you can supplement? You talked about this with uh, with a Manaya, supplementing him with somebody like an Adovino. Do you like Lou Trevino in that role? I do, and I love guys like these because uh, well, I love like guys like these in their first season. Like, yes, he's going to be super overpriced next year. These guys appear and then disappear and then appear. Uh, you know, some guys like Batanzas and Miller stick around and are, are useful forever, and then some guys like Ottavino has appeared, disappeared, and then reappeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he got hurt and and mm-hmm. wasn't great when he came back last year, but then Adovino's gotten right back on track. But yeah, I, I like Trevino a lot, and I don't know that his price will skyrocket next year because he's mm-hmm. definitely not going to be the closer still. Trinan's going to be the guy. Yeah, and fun fact: he's the only member of the Oakland A's bullpen that was drafted by the Oakland A's. Um, wow, and that makes sense with them. You know how they churn bullpen pieces but uh, yeah 26 years old you know another key by the way i didn't mention this because this is absolutely key to his success eight wins Mm -hmm. because he comes in in those high leverage situations i don't know what the stat is which is always good when you don't know the details of a stat that you're trying to give like that's the best Mm -hmm. way to give information sure but they have some like obscene record after i think the seventh inning and on where they haven't blown a lead this year and he's been an, a key aspect of that. It, it's it's something very good. And again, juicy stat with no detail. You're for welcome. Sure. There's some Y'all. regression coming. I mean, he's got sure. he's got an he's got a 92.5 percent uh, strand rate. Um, As you do. As yeah. you do. You know his his walk rate is I think the highest of his uh, career. Well, at least since he was in high A. So high I mean, a this, is, this is first year in the majors, but I'm I'm talking about in terms of. Uh, uh, his even his minor league track record. So I mean, there's going to be some regression it's coming. Been great. And I think this is one of those guys that you just kind of ride while he's doing this. And then if he falls apart, you get rid of him, you go pick up the next one. But uh, exactly. 
he's still available in leaks, which is insane to me because people don't want to bet on that. And like, I get it because it can be like a little bit fluky or whatever, but he's very clearly in the high leverage situations for them and, Brad and getting those was wins. this guy for the, for, yes. the, for the Astros, you know, uh, where, he, or, uh, uh, Chris Devensky. Chris Devensky yeah. was like a top 25 starter, according to the ESPN player reader for like two straight years because he was just this high leverage fireman role. Brad um, Hank, before he got the job, mm-hmm. like was sneakily because people weren't paying attention to him out in San Diego. He was doing this. Like we see more of these guys. And so maybe that's part of why Trevino's uh, roster rate is down because you don't necessarily have to go for him, but he's been one of the best doing it. And like I said, we were going to also talk McHugh because he's been, I will mention his numbers. Uh, he does have a one ER, a one ERA and a 0.72 whip. He's five and one with 70 strikeouts in 54 innings for Colin McHugh. So he was the other one I was going to mention. We'll talk more about this when we like, when we're doing draft prep in, you know, December, January, uh, February. But this is one of those guys that you can, especially in daily moves leagues, that you can like really help employ a winning strategy that a lot of people don't do, which is load your team up with guys like this and then stream starters over and over and over again um, into your lineup because he's going to be pitching regularly. And so you're getting, you're banking those stats um, as opposed to just, you know, drafting, you know, six starters and, you know, three relievers, you know, do the six relievers uh, with guys like Trevino, three starters, and then just rotate those guys in and out. Yep. Um, and it's uh, especially in an age in which we're not seeing these high sh- uh, the high inning uh, starters anymore. Exactly. These guys be- are becoming extremely valuable in fantasy, and I don't think I don't think they're getting as much coverage as they need to within the fantasy industry. Definitely not. And and. Your best point there uh, in a bevy of strong points and and strategy pieces was the fact that with innings totals coming down, these guys get more value because, you know, you're not uh, – back in the day, let's say a Mike Leak who's going 200 innings is still going to be better even with his four ERA. is still going to be better than like a Lou Trevino. But now if you're drafting a starter who's only expected to get like 130 innings and we don't – you know, it's a fourth, fifth starter type – Give me Trevino for seventy-five innings of of awesomeness. So, uh, or Adovino, or Especially, you know, who, whomever. You know, as guys aren't going long enough in games to qualify for wins, qualify for quality Bingo. starts. You know, these guys that can rack you up these cheap wins at the back end of a bullpen or cheap strikeouts at the back end of a bullpen are really going to be much more valuable than they have in in, in past seasons. And people just aren't drafting these guys. Now, there, there's nope. some high volatility, and so you have to be able to manage this in season if these guys, you know, blow up or, or disappear, new guys come in. but You'll find another one, though. That's yeah, the thing. exactly. Trevino is a flop. Move on. It, the, these guys are, you know, a huge part of the fantasy industry right now. I mean, I'm trying to remember who did it in Tout Wars, I think, last year. Someone did it in Tout Wars or Labor Maybe last year where the, – where they where they 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 drafted like six of these guys and like three starters and just crushed the pitching. We've got a big conflict here, by the way, between our page and Bref on his age. We've got him at ninety three. Bref has him at ninety one. So I might have said he was twenty six earlier, but our page is saying twenty four. Um, so I don't know. Uh, let's see. 
with your fake ass age. Uh, roster resource has him at almost twenty seven years old. So then that's the B ref one. I might and I'm I just Google Mutravino age and they have him in ninety one as well. So I might have to uh, mention that to our guys and maybe it got input improperly because. Either I, either that or, I mean, maybe we've had an age change. You know, I mean, some of those guys, you know, they lie about their age to get a, to get a better contract. True, but... I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, well, it usually happens coming over to the States, yeah, not yeah, no, when you're already yeah. in the States. So, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go. I'm seeing more sources I, say 26, so that's why I'm sticking hear with a, that. You want to hear a crazy story about that? Of course I do. Uh, I'm not going to... Um, I'm not going to name, name, name names. Name names. Name names. Um, but I have a buddy who is a junior college baseball player, mm-hmm. um, and he was a pretty good one. He, you know, was recruited by you know some you know other institutions to go play there. Uh, but he was a little bit older, and he was talking to an MLB scout from a major league team, uh, and the the guy told him that hey, if he was two years younger that he'd get drafted in the you know in the top 20 rounds of the upcoming draft and gave him the phone number of a guy who could get paperwork for him. Oh my god. <laughs> that is wild. I need to know who that is. It's, it's Felix <laughs> Hernandez. He's actually 38. No, I'm just kidding. The guy didn't um, do it. So he's not like playing in in minor so he's not league, you playing know. under some sort of uh, false age. But yeah. yeah. It's it's crazy, right? Because age does change so much in the sport. But uh, even if he's just, if he is the 26 that we're seeing in more avenues than than not, I still like Lou Trevino. Bottom line, there. I just wanted to point out that I am I did see the conflict there that I hadn't noticed early. Uh, so that's that's gonna wrap it up for the uh, for the surprises at every position. I'll run them down again real quick. Catcher Isaiah Isaiah Kiner Falefa. First base, Ian Desmond. Second base, Jose Peraza. Third base, Jerickson Profar. Shortstop, Tim Anderson. Outfield in the top 10, Whit Merrifield. Outfield in the top 20, Malik Smith. No SPs in the top 10 were really surprising, so top 20, Sean Manaya. Top 30, Kyle Freeland. Same with relievers, so top 20, Lou Trevino of Oakland. Justin, I know you're still in the midst of the move, but hopefully you're past the midway point. You're kind of coming down the hill of the hell that is moving and, and you can get everything situated and uh, and maybe enjoy yourself a little bit. Take a breather this weekend at some point, but I know you're going to be pedal to the metal because you got to finally be a thousand percent out of your last place uh, next week, right? I do. So, and if today's audio was choppy at all, I'm still working out the, the internet situation at my new place. I apologize. Uh, hopefully we'll have it hardwired. So there's no issues after this week. Uh, but yeah, I've spent like the last uh, week doing 12-hour days at my old place, and I'm going to edit this podcast, send it over to you so I can go back over to the new one, or go back over to the old place and finish cleaning. Uh, well, good luck, man. It's it's always the worst. I always feel for people moving, so hopefully everything gets done. You also have your wife months deep uh, in, into everything, so I mean, your life right now. Yeah, yeah, and I start school back up again next. Oh my god! Or no, in two and weeks. Kyle Gibson's been pitching like trash, you know. So you got a it's lot of things nothing. on your mind right Every now. Every time you say that, he then goes out and pitches a gem. That's absolutely true. So you're welcome if you have him on your team. I start to make fun of him, and he instantly turns it around. So yeah, he and he listens. was like one mediocre inning or one mediocre game against at Cleveland, which is hardly a crime. In fact, it was one inning. It was a four run four thing. But anyway, I gotta go. Gonna go do my chats. So Justin, I'll talk to you later. Have a good one.
Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league's scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android. 